Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. This is a podcast where we share stories of super inspiring women, real estate, I call them the Real Estate Investor Goddesses, women who are doing really incredible things in real estate investment. And today's guest is certainly no exception to that. She is a real estate investor originally from Australia who have figured out how to crush it in both Australian and U.S. real estate markets. She began investing with her husband, Kevin, in 2006. And at that point, she was working as an IT professional. Kevin was a property manager, and they began acquiring single-family homes, duplexes, triplexes um, in Australia. And one of the things that's really cool is they were super young when they started, and she'll tell us more about her story, but they uh, they did well there, and then they relocated to the U.S. in 2011 to extend their property portfolio. She's Our guest, Daniela, is passionate about wealth creation through real estate, and this enabled her and her husband to quit their jobs while they were still in their 20s, and they've been focusing on real estate full-time ever since. They currently self-manage three multi-family communities in southeastern Florida. They own over 325 units, and they still have places in Australia that they are managing. They established Dillon Partners to enable other like-minded investors to join in their to join in investment opportunities as they look to continually grow and expand their property portfolio in the U.S. They've done a bunch of different real estate strategies, including owner financing, development, value-add projects, and syndication. They currently live in Houston with their two-year-old son, John, and a baby on the way, and they, and spend, they enjoy spending time with their family, both here in the U.S. and in Australia. So I'm so excited to have Daniela with us. Welcome, Daniela. Thanks, Monique, and thanks for the awesome introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. I'm excited to have you. Um, and uh, I'm going to add one other thing about Daniela, who's from Australia. She and my husband, who's also an Aussie, are part of this group of Australian real estate investors. They call themselves the Aussie Real Estate Mafia, although they Mafia. only think you good. <laughs> but they're, they're just this group of yeah. Australians who um, have discovered how, how, what a great market the U.S. is and and yes. are all working here. So um, I'm Absolutely. excited. We, we I'm excited to have here. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, use your powers. Yeah, we, um, it's, it's a great <laughs> So um, I always like to start at the beginning because I, I, I like to know, you know, now you started back in 2006, but how did you get started? What What made you start in real estate? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. Uh, to be honest, it kind of started in an interesting way. Well, firstly, my business partner is Kevin Dillon, my husband, and Kevin had already mm-hmm. been educating himself about real estate. So, you know, he had the head knowledge and this was back in early 2000s. So he's reading books like Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah of actually taking action, like actually doing something, was kind of motivated by my father, believe it or not. (laughs) So um, at the time, you know, Kevin and I were dating for a couple of years and we just wanted to take our relationship to the next level, talking about marriage. 
So Kevin went ahead and uh, approached my dad and, you know, asked for his blessing, at which my dad actually said no, (laughs) which was kind of shocking. (laughs) We weren't expecting that at all. (laughs) And um, the reason why he said no was, um, you know, Kevin didn't have a job at the time. He was still a college student. He, um, the house, we didn't have uh, a house, so where were we going to live? And then the third thing my dad said was, you know, you're you're kind of young, you know, maybe you should get some a few hard knocks in life. So, yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. that's my dad. Um, within say about six to eight months, you know, these are prerequisites. So Kevin and I kind of knocked each down. Kevin graduated from university. Uh, we went ahead and bought a single family house. Um, together, which was kind of really far from the city, to be honest, because it was all that we could afford uh, at the time. Yeah. You know, I was I had already started working. I'd probably been working for about a year and a half, so I had some savings, um, just enough for a small deposit. And so, yeah, we bought a three-bedroom house um, in Melbourne, Australia, where we're from. And yeah, I mean, at that, that, there is a good ending to the story. You know, Kevin did ask my dad again and he said, yes, go ahead. You have my blessing. <laughs> but yeah, subsequently, it kind of forced us to get into real estate, to be honest. And for the first five years, because it was so far away, we're like, it doesn't make sense to live that far from the city. We actually opted to stay with my in-laws and then we pushed all our spare savings into real estate investments. So that was kind mm. of a lesson for us kind of started um, youngish and we've never owned our own principal place of residence even to this day uh, we wow. basically use yeah we use like the I guess the fruits of the cash flow from our investments to support our lifestyle and we would rather put that into more investments than you know <laughs> buy our own house which is a very Kiyosaki thing to do I think like just you know treating um, your house as a liability and you know yeah I guess it's a luxury absolutely <laughs> I love that so, and I and I I do want to highlight that because a lot of people when they they go yeah I want to invest in real estate I want to buy my I want to buy a house to live in, okay. and not really understanding that the house you live in takes money out of your pocket. When we're talking about real estate investment, we're talking about places that put money into your pocket. Into and your make pocket, you yeah, like an asset. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think that's it's, an it's asset. hard because. Yeah, you kind of, everyone knows real estate because we all live somewhere, right? And you just get so emotional when it's your own place and you're like looking at the colors of, I don't know, the flowers or the walls and stuff and you're not looking at it as a purely financial decision. So (laughs) if you separate it, it makes it a lot (laughs) slower. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, so that's that's great. So now you're in Australia you're living mm-hmm. with your in-laws, but you know you have you're starting to acquire these um, single families, duplexes, triplexes that you're renting out. What right. made you move to the U.S.? Uh huh. Um, really good question. It all started with a family vacation, to be honest, in Orlando, okay. uh, Florida. <laughs> Kevin actually has quite a large family uh, based all over the world. And so uh, we decided to to host the family reunion in Orlando, Florida. It was actually my aunt from D.C. that hosted it. And at the time, mm-hmm. this was back in 2010. So we just came here for like a week of Mickey Mouse and, you know, crazy rides and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But because Kevin 
I were already doing this real estate stuff in Australia, we, you know, out of curiosity, we're like, well, we'll check out the real estate here. And it was something that my father-in-law had really encouraged Kevin in particular. So at the time we're Mm -hmm. like, this is crazy. It's a completely different country, right? Like, (laughs) we wouldn't really know much about real estate here, but we'd heard some news. We heard, you know, the GFC had rolled through and things are going for dirt cheap. So we thought, okay, let's investigate it. So sure enough, like there were so many deals, like particularly in Florida, uh, we actually settled in Miami because Kevin has an uncle who's based in Boca Raton, who's a realtor as well. And, you know, at the time we we were young, we had a bit of uh, equity behind us and we thought, you know, if we're going to do something as crazy as, you know, relocate, just pick up and go and live in a different country, now is the time to do it because you know, we're young and if it's a mistake, we can always go back. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, we kind of just made the leap. <laughs> so um, 2011, that was, we we're still kind of in the thick of the recession, right? And I'm sure prices mm. were ridiculously cheap. How, you know, what was in Australia? Not so much from, my, from what I know. What was the difference no. in pricing between Australian Australian real estate and U.S. real estate at this point. At that point? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that point. Well, I know that the median house price in Melbourne, which is the city we're from Mm -hmm. at the moment, Mm -hmm. is about $850,000 for a a three-bedroom, one-bathroom, single-family house. Um, In Sydney, which is another large city in Australia, um, it's 1.1 1.1 million for <laughs> just, a, just a average average house, like not like the best, yeah. the best. It's, yeah. yeah. So price like is uh, standard starter house. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Like you find it hard to get in and you know be first home home buyers. Like the government does give grants out, but as you can see, affordability is an issue. Like um, more and more yeah. people are opting to either rent or get parental support or you know <clears throat> maybe even house share um so prices are definitely cheaper here in the u.s <laughs> yeah. and um in particular what it attracted us to real estate here in the u.s is the multi-family asset class so that's mm-hmm. something that we we don't really see very much of in australia only because when, when you say multi-family in australia you're talking about maybe a duplex you know two units on the one title um, yeah. If if you're talking about kind of more larger scale multifamily, they are um, uh, usually kind of uh, I would describe it as more like a condo conversion. It's kind of strata subdivided mm-hmm. already. Uh, each unit yeah. has its own title, so it's not like you can buy the whole community. You can maybe own you know one unit in amongst amongst a larger community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's um, we. My my husband has some properties like that. They're condos right. in a building. So right. So you so you got you started investing in multifamilies. What do you you know What are your current investments? Uh, so we have three communities in Southeast Florida, kind of based uh, in Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami Dade counties. Uh, we've mm-hmm. also invested here in Texas and. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually also closed on another deal this year in Memphis, Tennessee. So these are um, mm, congrats. Holding. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. Kind of scattered. That is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that and and you still have your properties in Australia. So do you have um? And then you are you are you still self managing your your Florida properties? How how are you doing the management for yeah. all of these properties yeah. all over the world? Really. Yeah. So in Southeast Florida, we actually have our own staff. We have our own property management company. So our mm-hmm. staff work exclusively for us. We have a property manager and we have um, a maintenance team there. So uh, I think it was it was kind of like a natural progression. So uh, we started while we were based there. So, you know, driving into mm-hmm. the office, having a lot more hands-on. Um, approach to management and then uh, when we decided to relocate to Houston Texas uh, we just continued that relationship I have you know meetings um, online meetings with my staff and everything's working well so <laughs> that's how we uh, self-manage from a distance I guess yeah that's great so how about your um, your Memphis properties your Texas are you self-managing everything or do you have outside property no some of them yeah, so um, for our other deals, we actually outsource it to a third-party uh, property management company, local one, yes. Okay, any preference? <laughs> What's better? Um, to be honest, um, we just found that we were getting bogged down with the day-to-day operations of um, being in you know, property management, and our focus is very much on growing our business and growing our portfolio. So third-party management allows us to do that, and certainly at this yeah. stage in our business, that's something that we want to aspire to. So um, that's kind of the decision of why we pivoted away from self-managing and into third-party management. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess we're also in new markets that, you know, we we might not have the experience and expertise as uh, these, these, I guess, property management firms that have been there and are local and know, you know, what the tenant wants and, you know, these um, yeah. intricacies yeah. of <laughs> landlording in those in particular communities, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let me ask you this. What has been your biggest challenge so far? Um, okay, so that's a good question. So in terms of real estate, I guess there's two sides of the coin, right? There's deal flow and there's raising capital. So from what mm-hmm. we're experiencing, experience, like uh, deal flow is actually more challenging than raising capital for us, which surprised me because I thought it would be the yep. other way around. Um, but, you know, if you have a good deal, you have strong numbers, strong fundamentals, uh, we find that the deal actually sells itself. Um, yeah. So I would say the biggest challenge would be kind of looking through uh, the deal. So um, I'm of the abundance mindset. I think there's plenty of deals out there for everyone. So <laughs> um, it's yeah, just a matter absolutely. of figuring out which one's best suited for us and our investors. Yeah. Yep. I have the same issue. And that that was a surprise to me when I started syndicating, which for those of you who are listening and not sure, it's when you bring a group of investors together to purchase a property. And I remember when I first started in syndication, I thought, oh, wow, it, you know, the hard part will, will be to find people who want to put in money for the deal. Right. Right? Yeah. It'll be easy to find a deal. It'll be really hard to find the money. And it's been the opposite. You know, the you're, opposite. Daniela, you're right. Yeah, when there's a good deal, the money is there. People are hungry to put money in, but 
if the if there's no um if you don't have the deal then that's the problem uh so what um and here's another question then what has been your biggest miss so far and what did you <laughs> learn from it I would say our biggest mistake was actually spending uh capex dollars out of cash flow so our first mm. syndication mm. project we did we actually only raised just enough to purchase the property. So mm. uh, what we did was out of the cash flow of the property, we then reinvested the money into a, what we call ad value projects. So it's like upgrading the exterior or the interior mm-hmm. of the property. So in the end, what yeah. happens is, um, you know, we managed to turn the pro- property around, like, you know, in terms of completion, in terms of upgrading everything, but it took us a lot longer, <laughs> as you can imagine, yeah. we're, we're on from the cash flow. And so, you know, for us and our, event, uh, our investors, um, you know, with that, that time aspect, uh, we just had to wait a lot longer. If we had, you know, raised the, the CapEx dollars from the start, we could have, I guess, completed the project a lot quicker. We could have raised the rents a lot sooner, you know, increased our mm-hmm. income. It, so, so many things kind of we could have done better if we just had that CapEx from the start. So yeah. since then we've, you know, learned from that, of course, and um, now we budget for the raise, the down payment, um, you know, the CapEx, working capital, closing costs. I guess initially, you know, we, we just, um yeah we 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 weren't considering um the time aspect and overall we didn't lose money but it just pushed out the timeline you know what i mean like it just yeah 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 you could have made more money sooner (laughs) right and for those who don't get that lingo um if you're new so the capex or their capital expenditure so that's the money that you would set aside to do rehab um maybe there's some deferred maintenance and you have to fix a roof or you have to fix some foundation or get new, um, new swamp coolers, which is something I need to do for one of our buildings. Right now. <laughs> or, um, or it's to repaint the outside, upgrade the units, um, any sort of rehab and uh, rehabilitation of your building you're going to need yeah. CapEx money for. And it, it, it is a good practice to, to, um, Factor that into your your budget at the beginning, and make sure you have the money for that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah it definitely yep. will um, will help. So that's that's a really good lesson <laughs> learned. Um, how about what are you most proud of? Ah, so this is a really interesting question. So I'll give you a bit of context, Monique. Um, we had a property that we purchased uh, with unfortunately some drug dealers and prostitutes living at the oh. time so <laughs> like a b class <laughs> yeah like yeah b class b class um so yeah. anyway i got really annoyed at how blatant these people were about what they were doing like there's no shame yeah. whatsoever so you know if you call the sheriff's office they come by the property maybe like an hour later or if it's not longer and everyone's gone. Like, you know, everything's happened already. It's too late. (laughs) So um, once um, I just got so fed up in the middle of a drug deal in the car park of of this apartment complex. I just, I'm just like thinking, okay, if you guys are going to be so blatant about it, I'm going to be really blatant about it as well. 
I'm, you know, two can play the same game. So I just walked straight up to the cars, took photos of their license plates and the faces of the drivers <laughs> on my iPhone. <laughs> and like, you know, I was like, huge courage. I'm like, you know, I'm going to knock on the door of this like guy that I knew was a pimp. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm like, routine inspection. I need to take some photos of your apartment. I just walked straight in and started taking like photos of everyone in that apartment. And there were people in the bedrooms at the time. So <laughs> it was like one of those like, oh my gosh, come on, you're doing so that. <laughs> I and know, for those who don't like, know, Daniela is not a big woman. <laughs> she's a, well, she's like not a huge lady. lady. <laughs> she's a tiny, yeah, she's a tiny Asian woman. <laughs> so, I mean, like the coffee has turned around so dramatically since then. And um, I think it's just amazing what good management can do. And I'm yeah. really proud of that because, you know, I love the ability to add value to our tenants. Um, our employees, our investors and the community. And I think that, you know, in turning around a community like that, it is good work that we do. Um, And yeah, I genuinely believe this is the most good that I can do on this planet. Like, you know, changing up these, these, these communities. And it's not like, it's the feedback we get from our neighbors as well. And it's like, oh, great. Those drug dealers and prostitutes have gone. And yeah, <laughs> it's like a completely yeah. different problem. <laughs> that, that's yeah. so good. That, that feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with, in yeah. one of our buildings, we we had a similar similar issue. I don't know. We had prostitutes. Definitely, they had drug dealers, and uh, we yeah. cleaned it up. But it's so nice, and you're walking the property, and a tenant stops you and says, "Oh my gosh, I'm so happy here now." Or I feel finally yeah. my kids can come out and play. Or um, you know, I'm, right. I'm not afraid like, to, I can go outside and I don't have to like hide in my apartment anymore. And that feels good. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. So, um, so you, you know, you, you guys have done a lot and you've done a lot really early. You were really young. So what do you attribute to what do you attribute your success? You, you guys have had a lot of success. Yeah, I think we have to attribute our success to a lot of multiple factors. Um, mm-hmm. The first one is like I, yeah, as you said, you know, we started young. We bought our first investment at age 23. Um, mm-hmm. I do think though that I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and I, I do think the Lord has just blessed us. I think there's something supernatural um, about the work that we do. And a lot of things are just beyond my control. Like I, yeah. I know that, I'm positioned really well. You know, I don't control which family I'm born into or which background or which country I came from and the opportunities yeah. that then afford. Um, another factor would be my business partner, Kevin Dillon. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> Your husband. Have, yeah, my husband. We get along really well and we're able to, um, I guess, sit down and set, um, set goals because I think it's with success, it's like, um, how do you get from point A to point B unless you actually plan it out? Like you might not yeah. reach reach that point at the time that you want, but at least you've got a plan. So it's yeah. not like you're just meandering through life. Um, I also think another um, factor that really worked in our favor was just entering um, particularly the U.S. real estate market after the GFC. So we got in at a really good time and you know who controls the market like no one <laughs> yeah it was um, yeah like the the time that we 
we took that leap of faith and just uh, relocated over to this different country, we, we did it at a good time because uh, we were picking up really good deals at the time. So um, all in all, I think our investment philosophy has been very much slow and steady wins the race. So we've just been uh, very fiscally uh, conservative. Yeah. Hmm. That's great. So um, I guess this is a bit of a follow-up question to this. I mean, some of it was when you talked about your success, you talked about, you know, just your, your blessings and, you know, and Mm. having some divine help and having a great business slash life partner and, and some really good timing. But what would Mm -hmm. you, what advice would you give to a woman who's just starting out right now? Yeah. What would you tell her? Um, Yeah. I would say there's no reason to start small. You know, it's uh, real estate. It's it's all about people. So it's about you and your network, and you are your own biggest asset. So it's hard when you're starting out because you might not have that confidence. But it's like, no, believe, believe in yourself. Like you can do it. <laughs> I'm just like an ordinary person, and just so yeah, so many um, women out there that are just like you that you know have been kicking lots of goals because they just went out and and did it. So, yeah, the best time to enter real estate is now. Don't delay. Um, I'm, I'm very much, you know, you learn as you go. So just just do it. <laughs> um, I think one one factor I would I would recommend is get get good mentors. So listen to the right advice. You know, our, our investing with Accelerated by good counselors, good teachers. We pay a lot of money mm-hmm. for education. So uh, real estate education, um, financial education. So um get with people who are real as well not just you know these speakers that talk about all sorts of things but haven't actually done anything in their personal lives so people that have walked the road uh before you in front of you um and i guess the last comment i would make is um i've heard this quote a lot in these like uh, conferences we go to that insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results so yeah if you want end up like everyone else just keep doing what everyone else does but if you want something different do something different great advice oh my gosh so good Daniela. Woo. Um, <laughs> this was awesome uh i i want to get we have a, just enough time to go into your trinity uh, which is your brag your gratitude and your desire but before we do that is there um what's if people want to find out more about what you do and um, want to yep. connect with you, how what's the best way to do that? Best way is just to probably go to our website, which is uh, www.dylanpartners.com. So Dylan is my last name, spelled D-H-I-L-L-O-N, and then partners.com. Um, or, um, yeah, so I just wanted to quickly express that's Dylan with a H because a lot of people spell it. D-I. Anyway, um, yeah. I'm also on LinkedIn or Facebook, so you can find me there, Daniela Dillon. Daniela spelt with two L's. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, love, yes. I'd love for um, anyone to reach out and see if I can help in any way. Great. Thank you for being so generous. Now let's hear your <laughs> trinity. What's one thing that you're celebrating right now? So I've actually pre-prepared these answers, just so everyone knows. And <laughs> I think definitely one thing I'm celebrating right now is life. 
um, you know, mm. I'm, I'm six months pregnant and so I'm always thinking about new life, obviously. I can feel baby kicking inside of me and, you know, it's something oh. that I am celebrating and not just for him but for, for me, you know, it's good health, it's family, it's time with family and friends. So just, yeah, celebrating um, this, this, I guess, privilege of experiencing life and being blessed. <laughs> oh, well bragged. So and what's one thing you're grateful for? I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity to work and the opportunity to be specifically here in the U.S. I think mm. you have an amazing country. Um, you know, we celebrated Fourth of July yesterday, um, and it's just these values of you know freedom, liberty. I I understand the privilege of being here, and I think um, I'm very grateful because I know a lot of people would would like to be here in the U.S. and they can't. So for whatever reason, so very grateful that I am here. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. And what is one thing you desire? My desire is basically to be the best wife, the best mother, the best daughter, the best business partner that I can be. So kind of um, reflecting on, you know, how can I be better? Like how can I grow in all these different roles and aspects. So, yeah, mm. that's my desire. So, so shall your desires be, or better than you can imagine. I'm Aww, great thank you, Monique. <laughs> You're welcome, and thank you so much for being here. This was so great. Um, and for those of you listening, you can, um, again, you can connect with Daniela at Dylan Partners, D-H-I-L-L-O-N, P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S.com, DylanPartners.com, and you can connect with me at realestateinvestorgoddesses.com. I'm having a book launch July 11th for my new book, The Real Estate Investor Goddess Handbook, Everything You Need to Know to Invest in Real Estate Like a Goddess, and that is coming out um, on the 11th. So stay tuned and and get ready to get your book and all these freebies that have come with it. So yay! (laughs) Thank you, Daniela, (laughs) and thanks, everybody. Uh, Meet us next time for another inspiring interview. Bye. Bye.